Welcome back to the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking podcast. I'm Erin Collins, the Executive Director of the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. Today, my co-host is Alan Wilkett, retired corporal with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office and member of the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. Alan, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here today and to join with you as we talk about this very important topic ending human trafficking. So in this episode, um, I recently had a conversation with three public safety employees of Uber and learned what they're doing proactively to train their drivers and ensure the safety of its riders. Alan, in, in your law enforcement career, um, can you talk about how important it is that you know private and public businesses are engaged in collaborating with law enforcement? Well, first of all, you're in for a real treat with this particular uh, podcast because you're going to get a glimpse of uh, of these that are being interviewed, you're going to get a glimpse of of the importance of having that law enforcement uh, partnership with public and private enterprises. The public is going to get a chance to glimpse that. You're going to get a chance to see the cohabitation and the importance of that partnership. Why? Well, oftentimes we're seen as two different things. You got business on one side, law enforcement on the other side. Well, what oftentimes is missed in that particular perception is that law enforcement takes statute and law and applies it to a criminal activity. And we have to be able to do that in a way that uh, brings justice to the victim, brings a perpetrator to justice, and ends the criminal activity. Business, public, and private enterprises are so critically important to accomplishing that mission. That mission cannot be, and I can't stress that enough, that mission cannot be accomplished by law enforcement alone. And so what you'll hear today is you'll hear those who have a law enforcement background, who's now part of a public or private business background, who's applying that knowledge of what's needed in order to bring justice to the victim and bring accountability to the perpetrator and to end the activity. And that's being done today on this podcast. So it's a wonderful opportunity to see that that partnership take place. And you're going to be able to see it in this particular episode. Yeah, and I think you're so right um, to to your point um, about educating, you know, from a kind of a global perspective, I say global as it takes all of us, um, you know, and that is one of the, the reasons why the Florida Alliance was created to increase awareness about human trafficking and exploitation statewide across all industries. This is part one of a two-part episode series with public safety employees of Uber. We're going to learn more about their backgrounds. Two of them have quite an extensive career in law enforcement. Uber's work as a whole to educate drivers and, and their riders and their involvement in proactively training the community in Florida before large-scale events. Joining us today for a two-part series are safety leaders from Uber. Danielle McDonald, Public Safety Liaison Manager for the United States Southeast. Kate Burks, Lead Technical Investigator on the Global Investigations Team. And Elise Mai Olino, the Global Head of Women's Safety Policy. Ladies, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having us on. It's a pleasure. Excited to be here. Thank you. 
Danielle, again, thank you so much for joining us today. You have quite an extensive background and career before coming to Uber. Can you share more about your previous experience with us? Sure. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I'd be happy to share a little bit about my background. Um, Before joining Uber as the public safety liaison manager for the U.S. Southeast, um, I do come from a background in law enforcement. I started my um, work in the law enforcement community over 17 years ago, Um, originally started started off as a law enforcement officer um, where I did work patrol. Um, I also had the opportunity to work as a domestic violence detective. Um, I uh, then also worked as an intelligence and crime analyst with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, where uh, part of that was also working in the behavioral analysis units on counterterrorism and and, uh, our violent crime apprehension program, or the FBI's violent crime apprehension program, and um, also worked with um, a national fusion center in the Northern Virginia area, where I supported investigations on domestic terrorism and regional gangs. Um, So that was my background before coming over into Uber. And then as part of Uber, um, I work in our global public safety team, where we do a lot of the education and outreach directly with law enforcement agencies that are within our assigned regions, um, where we educate law enforcement on how they can obtain information to support their investigations. Um, And we'll also partner with them on safety initiatives as well to support them. Thank you, Danielle. Elise, can you share a little bit about your background and and how you came to Uber? Absolutely. Um, So at Uber, I lead our public policy work on global women's safety and personal safety policy. Um, So part of that work involves engaging with experts and advocates to help ensure that our approach to safety is guided by their input, that it's trauma-informed, and that it's survivor-centered. So we're really grateful to have a number of partners um, that inform the the development of our products, our policies, and the prevention and response work that we do. Um, Prior to joining Uber, I spent four years in the Office of the Prime Minister of Canada. I was a senior gender and diversity advisor to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and I had the privilege of working on a number of feminist policy issues like childcare and gender-based violence. Um, and prior to that, I was teaching and researching at the University of Toronto, uh, where I completed a PhD in, in sociology. So I've been in this work for, for some time and, and really enjoy it. Thank you, Elise. I just want to say, I think it's so tremendous that Uber has this position that you're in. I learned about this, you know, before we started chatting today, and I think it's I think it's wonderful because um, having someone who, again, with your background um, and education, uh, focused on you know issues impacting women's safety, which is huge, um, is so important, and especially um, with regards to what we'll talk about today, human trafficking and exploitation, having it be trauma informed and everything that you do through. Uh, the resources and the education and the training, um, I think is is fantastic. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Kate, um, can you share more about your background and how you came to, to work at Uber? Yeah, thank you. Um, happy to be here today. Uh, so I started my career as a probation and parole officer with Queensland Corrective Services in Australia, uh, which is an interesting job to start as a, a 21-year-old female. Um, 
I moved from there into criminal intelligence. Um, so I was an analyst uh, like Danielle was working across the Victoria Police, so one of our state police departments um, in Australia, and then to the Australian Federal Police. Uh, worked across a variety of crime types with focus on child exploitation, people smuggling and human trafficking, and then I finished at the Australian Federal Police in the Joint Counterterrorism Team in Sydney. Um, then I came across to Uber and I was also on the public safety team with Danielle in a analyst role, so helping law enforcement um, with their requests for data, assisting with deep dives to make sure we were providing accurate responses. And then I've come across to Uber's global investigations team where I am one of the lead technical investigators conducting uh, internal and external investigations uh, into crime impacting the Uber platforms. If I may, um, a question for Danielle and for Kate, because of um, your background in law enforcement, I'm sure there are a lot of you know, people listening to this podcast, uh, you know, corporate folks, um, people that might be currently working for a law enforcement agency. Can you talk about the transition from the public to the private sector? Um, the expertise you both bring um, to, to Uber is phenomenal. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of different corporations that would love to have, you know, former law enforcement military on their team because public safety, um, com- keeping our communities safe is, is so vital. Um, you know, people don't want to move to any community or the state of Florida when they see articles about exploitation or incidents of human trafficking. Um, and we really rely on, you know, folks in our community, citizens, to learn about, you know, the the potential signs and indicators of human trafficking. So as former um individuals, law enforcement officers, and, and personnel. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, how that transition was for you and, and the importance that citizens play in the work that you all do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think uh, the benefit of, of having that kind of experience and then being able to come over into um, a business um, or private sector is that we bring that matter of expertise. So we were out there on the ground. We were working directly with the community. Um, And our community are really the ones that are um, observing everything, right? They're familiar with their neighborhoods. They're familiar with, you know, their their local stores. Um, And so being able to recognize the importance of hearing and listening to what they have to say of what's going on in the community, but then also recognizing, okay, well, you know, how can we take what the community is telling us and also work with law enforcement and what they're seeing and the feedback that they're bringing us and put that all together and, and be that point of contact and that advocate where we can support the investigations that do matter right? The ones that are important to the community, where the community is saying, hey, this is what we're observing. We're really concerned for our safety. This is what's important to us. And then us being able to work with law enforcement, um, who is, you know, the ones that have to do that investigation and make sure that they're able to take that um, all the way to fruition in terms of a prosecution. And so, being able to be part of that inside of a company um, where we're supporting everybody that's involved. Um, and then, um, you know, of course, supporting 
the witnesses and the victims um, and ensuring that we are helping and supporting law enforcement and understanding what their needs are to make sure that they can take a case and carry it to fruition, carry it to fruition to ensure um, justice and prosecution for for the victims that are involved in those cases. Um, it's very fulfilling. Um, and it's um, something that, you know, I enjoy working and being part of. And, um, you know, obviously, as you can see here on, on our, pat, our podcast today, I work with some really incredible, incredible people that are involved in, in all aspects of this. It's a collaborative effort. And I think further to that as well, um, I'm sure Danielle was the same. You, you get into law enforcement because you want to help. You want to make the community safer. You want to make a difference. And um, I think coming across to Uber and to a company like this is it's a company that wants to do the right thing. So we're still able to help. Um, and we've just got it's different resources, different data sets. Um, but we're still able to try and make that impact to, you know, make our community safer, um, which is a really great thing. Thank you both. I think it's um, extremely important um, as Uber is leading by example as a good corporate steward, investing in the resources, the people, um, the education for the drivers um, and, and the broader community. Um, and again, here in the state of Florida, the investment of educational resources and training prior to large-scale events and year-round, um, as you all explained, is so important to hopefully rooting out you know, this horrible crime, um, but really making people and the next generation aware that uh, these things are going on. They don't have to. Here's what you can do to stop it. Um, but really working with community partners, um, as you guys have so um, articulately explained today. Um, as we know, human trafficking takes place, um, unfortunately, throughout communities um, in the state of Florida and globally. Um, as we've discussed, there's a lot of different ways that Uber is proactive about training drivers, um, its riders, community partners um, in advance of large-scale events and on an ongoing basis. Um, but people don't know what to look for if, if they don't know there's a problem. Elise, when did you learn about human trafficking um, and exploitation? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Erin. Um, so I think for me, it really... Um, uh, it really came to my attention as an undergraduate student uh, in a really awesome program um, that was uh, centered on community development. And I had the opportunity to work at a sexual assault and rape crisis center, um, which was really a, a hub um, for uh, knowledge around gender-based violence, around sexual assault, around feminist movements, even things like human trafficking. And I think that's really where my uh, journey began. Um, I was uh, a volunteer on a, uh, on a hotline at the time. Um, and it was, it, it really kind of gave me insight um, into the complex societal problems um, that uh, intersect um, a lot of times with gender, but various facets of identity. And, I, and so I think that's kind of where it all, it all began for me. Um, and and uh, having the opportunity to work uh, work in government um, in the government of Canada, I also had the chance to work on a federal strategy and national action plan on gender based violence. And I think um, in that space as well, you just have the you, you just see the ways in which 
um, organizations, government, the private sector can really intersect on, on important issues. Um, and then, of course, coming to Uber um, and, and learning that safety is just embedded in everything that we do here. Um, and uh, the the work that had already been done on human trafficking here was was quite inspiring. Uh, and I think um, learning learning more through our expert partners, through folks like Polaris um, and, and building off the work that that's been done here has been has been really important to me. So I think that's kind of a little bit about um, how I come how I come to this work. Danielle, um, you know, you mentioned your work um, as a former law enforcement officer, uh, specifically, um, you know, related to to domestic violence. Um, as we know, um, there are sometimes correlations between domestic violence and human trafficking. But when were you, um, you know, kind of when did you identify human trafficking, um, you know, in, in your previous law enforcement experience um, and, and get educated on the topic? It's hard to pinpoint exactly when. Because I think when we're talking about human trafficking, the more you are exposed to either seeing it, right, um, or exposed to the investigations or exposed to, we talked about practitioners in this space with the knowledge and, and, and even survivors and everybody who can offer their level of expertise and you start to understand and put the pieces together, um, you know, so it's a gradual thing that it that that it comes comes to be. Um, so for me, um, you know, I I started off as a patrol officer, and in the district area that I worked, there were portions of that area where uh, pro- there was prostitution. And so when we talk about prostitution, um, you know, a lot of times practitioners will differentiate between human trafficking and prostitution. But as a patrol officer, you do see the overlap often, right? And so we can sit here and argue all day long of, okay, well, are we going to call it prostitution? Or are we going to call it human trafficking? But at the end of the day, you see these victims that are placed in these positions and they really don't have a choice. They don't have a way to get out. And um, as I started to get my experience as a patrol officer and then eventually in the domestic violence detective role, um, when you work and you're immersed in a particular community, you start to learn, okay, well, what are the differences? Well, I recognize this person because, you know, um, they are an active prostitute. But here's here are some people that I don't recognize that are coming in, you know, every other weekend or during certain holidays and they're staying at the local hotels and they're only there for a couple of nights, but then you don't see them for several, several months. And that's when um, you start to get that experience through observation, from being out there on the road, from working with senior detectives. Um, I was fortunate that I had a lot of senior detectives who, you know, they work from the heart. We talk about law enforcement and we talk about dedicating your life to help Helping people and helping the communities. And some of these detectives, um, you know, if you're familiar with Bill Wolf, who is very active in the anti-human trafficking space, is a former detective. Um, and um, they will pass along that guidance and, and training to the younger office, officers on, hey, this is what you need to look out for. Sometimes things aren't really what you're seeing. There's more to the story that's going on and teaching you about those signs, right, and indicators. Um, and so, 
it was something that um, really stood out to me as my time in my time as a law enforcement officer and as an analyst. Um, and then also just being exposed and learning more about how it comes into play in almost every criminal activity that you can touch, whether it's fraud and finances, whether it's gangs, um, whatever it may be, there there can often be an overlapping element and just becoming very engaged with um, my peers in that space and learning more and feeling um, feeling really empowered to be able to partner with those people in that space and saying, you know what, the more we come together, um, the stronger we are as a group to share our knowledge and be able to combat this. And um, hearing survivor stories, obviously, working with the victims and the witnesses, um, especially when you're working with um, mothers um, whose children are then getting wrapped into the same situation. Um, And uh, you just you immerse yourself in it and you become involved in it and you want to help because I think inherently everybody that's here today, um, we're here because we want to help, whatever our background is and wherever that's coming from. So I think that's a long way, Erin, of me answering your question in that I don't think there is one particular time that I can pinpoint. I think it's been, um, you know, just over time, learning and seeing and being involved and meeting, um, you know, the survivors and um, the uh, um, counselors and the um, healthcare providers and just all all different kinds kinds of people that want to come together and, and work on this and sharing stories. Yeah, I think what you said, Danielle, was so important that, um, you know, sometimes things don't look what they, they seem on the outside. Um, and as a law enforcement officer, um, you know, with certain type of training, um, we, you are able to kind of hone in or key in on certain characteristics or factors. Um, and obviously that expertise, um, in your public safety work with Uber is such a tremendous asset, um, to, you know, continue to partner with law enforcement, um, when these situations arise to, um, stop them or, or prevent them from happening, Kate, to you, um, when did you learn about human trafficking um, in your previous role in law enforcement? Yep. So uh, mine's, I can pinpoint the exact time. Uh, As with most government work, you're sort of dictated what teams you go on. So not long after I started with the Australian Federal Police, I was moved onto a victim-based crime team. Um, And basically my role was to look at people smuggling and human trafficking. So that's when it really... um, became sort of a passion for me. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on a joint agency task force. So we had sort of the power, the intelligence, um, the resourcing between multiple Australian government departments to really try and sort of disrupt and dismantle these syndicates that were um, operating internationally, trafficking people between multiple locations for for various purposes, um, but it all comes down to the same thing. People were being exploited by criminal groups. Um, So when I came across to Uber and then on to Global Investigations, I sort of jumped at the chance to be able to work on human trafficking again, um, using the unique data that Uber collects to be able to sort of, you know, stop to stop this in a in a different manner and really get in there and, and look and see how we can help 
Um, and working for a company like Uber who, yeah, constantly wants to do the right thing has enabled us to really um, make human trafficking and having that sort of zero trafficking policy um, a priority, which has been great. Wow, Uber is doing so much internally and externally with its drivers and riders to educate them um, on the potential signs and indicators of human trafficking. Um, Alan, you know, as we heard, they talked a lot about their collaborations with law enforcement. As you know, a, a tenured um, law enforcement officer for decades, why do you think those collaborations with public and private businesses are so important? Well, and that's, again, what a fantastic podcast in which they talked about that. But I, I think one of the things we have to kind of put as a baseline is, is not only is it just important, it's, uh, it's, it's critical. It's, it's absolutely critical that those partnerships exist. One of the things that I thought was interesting is, is Uber is obviously a business. Their business is moving people for a profit. I mean, they, they move people from one place to another and they collect the money and they pay a driver. And, and that's their whole business model is moving people from one place to another for a profit. And yet Uber has, uh, according to what we heard on the podcast, they've made an absolute important decision. And that is they're going to create within their infrastructure, within their business model, uh, the ability to detect when that movement is criminal. So it's not just moving somebody from one place to another for a profit. It's actually looking at the person as a person and making sure that they're not exploited. So that training, that awareness, that education that they're bringing to their business model is, is an example of how it should be done because every business needs to look at it that yes, while profit is part of the business side of it, people is what really matters when the day is all done. So they're uh, they're doing an amazing job. So what a fantastic model of business cooperating with law enforcement and law enforcement uh, depending on business to make this thing happen. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's incredible. And again, Uber being proactive about you know educating its personnel um, and its riders, I think, is so important. And you know, through the Attorney General's one hundred percent club and other uh, statewide training initiatives, it does take the entire community, um, you know, to get educated, to learn the facts, not the myths. As we know, unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation um, and myths out there about human trafficking and exploitation. So what I think, uh, you know, Uber is doing is, is tremendous. And it was great to learn um, from these ladies about how Uber is being proactive. Thank you, Alan, for being here with me today. And thank you for listening to part one of this two-part series with Uber. Uh, in the next episode of this podcast, we'll learn specifically what Uber is doing to combat human trafficking in the state of Florida and across the country. This has been another podcast by the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. 